Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Cambridge Podcast. Today, we have three members of the Canadian Analyst team on the call to go ahead and actually run through some of the interesting things they're seeing in their spaces today. We're going to start off with Adam. Um, Adam looks at energy and, and, um, and industrials, and so we think it makes sense to start with him. Clearly, a lot going on. Adam, what has been the biggest surprise through COVID um, and this earnings season, as well as what you think the biggest opportunity going forward is? energy infrastructure and we really went through one of the sharpest reductions in oil prices in recent memory and while we did see some pretty severe reductions in crude and gas products that were flowing through the system uh, in april and may we also saw a v-shaped recovery in june and into q3 and that's uh, especially true for critical infrastructure where there aren't many alternatives for transportation if you look at nat gas fundamentals they're the strongest they've been in years and the oil sands production is rebounding sharply. And we are starting to even see crude by rail pick up again, which really bodes well for the midstream space in general. And then you look at the Canadian midstream contracts that are regulated longer term and fee-based. They're typically resilient, even this kind of environment. And that's really led to better than expected earnings in Q2 for the midstream sector in general. And when I look at what's interesting in the space, again, I point out names with critical infrastructure, strong legacy contracts, and where volumes are either at or almost at pre-COVID levels. And while we aren't out of the woods yet, uh, names like Enbridge, DC Energy, and Kiara really stick out with good balance sheets, utility-like business models, and attractive high single-digit yields, which we have stress tests and I feel are, are pretty well covered by free cash flow going forward. And, and the discrepancy between these yields relative to the low single digits that you'd earn across regulated utilities really does open up some opportunities in our view. Well, that's really, really helpful. And, and I think it's, it's interesting just to hear how you, how you do dig into the companies themselves as opposed to just painting the entire sector with a, with a single brush. Um, maybe pivoting over to you, Greg, given your, your, your focus on consumer, could you let us know what you saw and, and where you think the opportunities lie going forward? Sure. So within the Canadian consumer sector, Steve, the biggest areas of surprises for me have been just, you know, I would say unexpected resiliency in Canadian consumer spending through the pandemic, uh, particularly with respect to discretionary purchasing. You know, since the pandemic, staple type businesses have been quite strong, which, you know, honestly, isn't that surprising? Think of how grocers are doing with restaurants being closed. But it's really been, you know, in the areas where you would have expected more volatility that, you know, sales have been surprisingly resilient. And I'm thinking of companies like Sleep Country, for instance, you know, whose revenues fell a lot less than you would have expected, just given that their stores have been closed for, for quite a while. Or even more shockingly for me, um, BRP, which is a power sports OEM. So things like ATVs, Skidoo's, things really not essential whatsoever. And yet at the same time, we're really seeing you know, high levels of demand since they're considered quote-unquote COVID-safe activities. Uh, in terms of where I'm seeing pretty interesting opportunities at the moment in the sector, um, I would say sort of related to that last point, Steve, there are some cyclical consumer businesses out there in Canada, uh, but still very much what I would characterize as high quality. So you know, very durable, low levels of debt, growing end market demand for their products, you know, at least over the longer term, where I think you know the stocks have probably gotten unfairly beaten up just because of that cyclicality in the short term. But really, as we hopefully begin to exit the pandemic, you know, these companies are likely very well positioned to flourish. And I think, you know, there's somewhere the market really just isn't appreciating that. Well, that's that's really interesting. And, you know, pivoting over to, to you, Richard, given given your you know sector of financials, a lot to talk about there. What, what surprised you most? I think the most timely item has been the across the board beat by the Canadian banks. They just recently reported Q3 earnings. Um, and it was a very strong beat, mostly on the back of credit 
uh, losses being substantially lower than both the market was expecting as well as I was expecting. Um, and just to echo what Greg is saying, this, this dovetails nicely with the theme of the Canadian consumer, even the U.S. consumer, um, being stronger than expected. We saw, for example, 20-30% drops in the deferral program participation for Canadians who are deferring either the credit card payments or their mortgage payments. Um, and and the, the trend here in the commentary seems to be that a lot of the support programs that both the Canadian and U.S. governments have put in place have been helping helping the consumer substantially. The question on our on our front is is how sustainable is this, and, and when these programs do start to trail off, are we going to see a reemergence of credit losses and weaker credit conditions? And so our perspective there is is not to take a call on that situation, and instead to look at an industry that's a little bit less exposed to credit, and that would be the property and casualty insurance industry, which does not have the same sort of exposure to, uh, especially on the retail side, retail credit conditions. No, thank you, Richard. And so we, we wanted to keep it short, but as always, we continue to follow through with our process of, of reevaluating our investments. We're continuing to seek out what we think are the best risk reward opportunities in the market. So as always, we appreciate your continued support and we, we look forward to, to working um, through this very interesting environment um, so that we can over time compound your capital. As always, thanks for your support. Take care. This podcast is provided as a general source of information and should not be considered personal, legal, accounting, tax, or investment advice, or construed as an endorsement or recommendation of any entity or security discussed. Investors should seek the advice of professionals prior to implementing any changes to their investment. Certain statements in this podcast are forward-looking that are predictive in nature, depend upon, or refer to future events or conditions. Forward-looking statements are subject to risks, uncertainties, and assumptions that could cause actual results to differ materially from those set forth. Although the forward-looking statements contained herein are based upon what CI Global Asset Management and the Portfolio Manager believe to be reasonable assumptions, neither CI Global Asset Management nor the Portfolio Manager can assure that actual results will be consistent with these forward-looking statements. Certain statements contained in this podcast are based in whole or in part on information provided by third parties, and CI Global Asset Management has taken reasonable steps to ensure their accuracy. Market conditions may change, which may impact the information contained in this podcast. Commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund investments. Please read the prospectus before investing. The indicated rates of return are the historical annual compounded total returns net of fees and expenses payable by the fund, including changes in security value and reinvestment of all dividends or distributions, and do not take into account sales, redemption, distribution, or optional charges or income taxes payable by any security holder that would have reduced returns. Mutual funds are not guaranteed, their values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated.